0: The No BS Short Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short term rental industry.
1: I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short term rental industry like no other podcast can.
0: Episode 21, Teo. Good morning. Good
1: morning. How are you? Oh, you know, fantastic. How are you? I'm
0: good, man. I so mm-hmm. peace, love, and coffee mug today. So those that are watching on YouTube they have seen that. Those that are just listening, um, you know, don't know that, oh, but you my know, friend. if. Those that are listening, the, the interesting thing is like the first time when we get on these Zooms um, to go ahead and record these, you know, Matteo is always like not showing his camera. Right. And, it, and he has to put his face on. He says he has to get his, you know, maybe I'm oversharing here, but, you know, then then when he finally feels ready, he turns the camera on and when we can all see his beautiful face. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're blessed to have you here.
1: Well, you know, it's it's the time in the makeup chair, right? Like in the mornings. So, you know, I got to make sure that all of our YouTube viewers and, and people who are actually watching our video, you know, kind of get <laughs> what they're paying for. So, you know. Well, you that, know, in some
0: and- of us, need more time than others is that what you're saying well
1: i mean i don't know if you can <laughs> tell man but this 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 perm and you know this 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 takes a lot of work to get on so like a lot of time i see that start. that's why i wear the hat too I, know, I like, like i can't do up. hair i can't do hair and makeup so it's like either makeup or hair it's like one or the other and yeah, i just gotta get it done um <laughs> <laughs> We digress. Oh man, episode 21. See, now we started no bullshit with some bullshit. That's uh that's the best way to go. Uh hype this week. Uh I get we got an awesome guest this week.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Excited. I I mean, truly, um, this is this is exciting for me because I don't know her. And I'm excited to get to know her a little bit more. We've been talking full bullshitting for 10 minutes um previous to recording here and i'm super excited about this episode um so i'll kind of let you do the introduction here tayo
1: well you know we you know we we've you know we like to walk it like we talk it here right at the end of the day and you know we you know having a podcast is great because you get to interview interesting people right a lot of people we know right A lot of people you may know or I may know and that we can actually introduce to the broader you know str world but like that's kind of the beauty of of what we bring together here is right like combining you know networks and relationships and and being able to meet new and fun and interesting people um nina taylor our guest today uh the ceo and founder of the sweet faith um is a great guest and it's actually timing, right? These circles are, you know, they, you know, it's, we're doing this stuff with VRMA. We're coming full circle. I actually met Nina around this time last year, right? I, I think oh. it was around this time last year. Uh, Paul Stevens from Short Term Rental uh, News, shout out to Paul, um, called up and, and put that panel on DEI together, um, kind of the international panel. It was uh, myself. It was Nina. Um, it was uh, it was a couple other people that were out there, um, and it was. It's long story short, you know, great panel. It was Paul put it together. Good little podcast. Great discussion. Um, but you know, I realized there's so many people in this industry like you just don't know, and I don't know. And Nina was one of them. I loved her story. I loved her business. Um, you know, and appreciate Paul making those connections because you know now we're sitting here talking to Nina. Um, and and to be and truth be told, from that time, um, it was good to meet Nina for. Several reasons because learning about her business and what she did, um, what she does uh, in the short-term accommodation space, which I will let her divulge in, in, in a second. I'm not neglecting her bio, I'm just telling a little backstory. Um and you know, it was great to meet her, but it was also great to know what she did because you know that was an instant connection and an in intri- an instant, you know, addition to the network that was valuable. Um, and, you know, it was something that was like, oh, I didn't even know, you know, she was doing this in this space. And with these opportunities come, we definitely, you know, now we have someone that we can consult, um, that, you know, we can throw business to and, and hopefully get throw business our way. So it was a great business introduction to someone prior to that. I wouldn't have known because clearly she doesn't come to Vermont. She doesn't come, She's coming to some of these other, she doesn't come to some of these other things, and, that, and she, that's she's, uh, right, right, right,
0: right. we're going to let her speak here, but um, Chippa. Chippa. Chippa, come, come from oh, the Chippa background, and we'll chat about man. that, because yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, I know, yeah, I know yeah. you, and I, I, I just put it together looking at your bio, but I'm going to let Matteo uh, continue. Oh,
1: okay, all right, well, without further ado um yeah I feel like we're doing too much talking I'm not gonna do a lot of talking I'm actually gonna shut up because Nina's story is dope she is amazing she is an entrepreneur she is a wonderful business mind and just all around pleasant and awesome person uh and so Nina welcome to the no bullshit short-term rental podcast and thank you for joining John and I this morning how are you
2: Thank you, Mateo and John. I'm great. Thank yeah. you for finally allowing me to be on episode 21 of this amazing podcast. I'm very proud of you guys and all the things that y'all are doing. So thank you. It's an well, honor.
0: You're, you're, you're our first legal, you know, you're 21 now. We
1: can all have a drink.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know. right, finally, Nina. Really, finally. Finally. Is that yeah. Where I
2: actually, I'm not one of those people. I actually have embraced it because I, I truly do feel that black doesn't crack. So I'll mm-hmm. be 42 in November. I'm so excited. Right. Um, yeah. Hey, you go. Be...
0: We're all right there. I'm yeah. I'm 43. Hey. There you go. Uh,
1: yeah. You I'm know. 27. I don't know what either <laughs> one of you is. <laughs> <not right.
0: laughs> I'm looking oh at that peppered beard of yours, and I, high school,
1: <laughs> high school, high school. I had gray hair in high school. I don't have a chance, by the way. So if you know me, all the men in my family on my mother's side all silver. My dad all white right now. I'm just like, oh man, and I'm yeah. not into the hair dye. So mm,
2: me neither. This
1: thing turns out. Yeah, I yeah. got
2: I got a lot going on, and I'm like, you know what? I like it. You know, if people want to dye their hair purple, I can keep my gray. So it is it's, what it is.
0: Hey, roll, roll with what you got.
2: Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm very happy and, um, excited. Um, as Mateo said, we've known each other over a year because that happened right at the beginning of the pandemic. So like a year and a half when we first met and we definitely, like you said, clicked automatically. Um, not just about the story, but about actually our purpose and what, where we actually stand as people outside of business Um, So that's always important when I work with people and want to actually continue relationships outside of business with people. I like to actually know exactly who that person is and what they stand for outside of their pitch. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it just organically just worked out naturally for us to come together. And then, of course, we started networking with other people in the industry and just putting everything together um, with, of course, um, Anthony Grant and just really trying to figure out how we can, you know, continue climbing the ladder of entrepreneurship. So yeah, it's been really interesting and exciting and I'm always there and always going to support anybody that is, is trying to actually support and serve. So that's where I stand.
1: Awesome. So Nina, take us to the beginning, like, you know, what you do in our, I think you represent the diversity of our space, not, and uh, also in terms of what you do in this space. So talk to us a little bit about your journey. How'd you get here? Um, you know, where are you at? Get us up get us up to speed with kind of what the Sweet Faith, how you got there, um, what you're doing. Um, and then we'll get to where you're going in, a little later. But give us a little bit of the background.
2: Okay. So I actually started Sweet Faith three years ago. Um, so I just made my three-year-old birthday. So excited. Um, and that's after being in actually temporary housing, corporate housing, short term rentals, whatever you want to call it, depending on what day you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. Furnished apartments. Um, I've been in the game for 20 plus years. Um, so off the just jump, since I got out of college. What would you mm-hmm. say, John? Just a couple. Just a couple, just dang, a couple, couple of decades. Mm-hmm. Um And so it started officially in property management. I did that for Mm -hmm. a few years and then um, went over to Oakwood and moved to New York um, with Oakwood and then just kind of kept developing and, you know, climbing the corporate ladder as we all do when we don't know how to be entrepreneurs. And the whole education system tells us we have to work for someone. So I did that. And then once I moved back to Texas, I literally realized I can't do this anymore. I know exactly what I'm doing. I have the base. I have a good, you know, network of people that I can put something together and make something creative. And really it was based off of my boss back when I worked for Furnished Quarters for six years, Craig Parton, who's now over at Synergy. I remember him allowing me to just create a brand inside of the company. Mm -hmm. And he allowed me, he was basically my wingman. And it was always great for me to put these multi-million dollar deals together. And he entrusted me. So there was no micromanagement. It was all about, let me just see what you can do. I'm not interested in hiring you to teach you nothing. You know the game, just do it. Mm -hmm. And that was a breath of fresh air because not many companies allow you to do that. So the fact that I started out with nothing and built something into multiple millions of dollars for a company, by the time I got to Texas, I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. I will figure out how to do this for myself.
0: Now, mm. when you went to—I I, I don't want to just quickly digress. You okay. moved to to Texas, you know, for Murphy's, right? And and okay. then you're just like, nah. It was a great well, way to get home. So what
2: happened was, I left New York. Craig got me the job at Murphy's. Okay. And it just going. It wasn't it wasn't a match made in heaven. I'll just right. say that. Mm-hmm. And you Been just there. realize that you get to a point in your career that no, there's no amount of money. There's no amount of position or thing that's going to work to make you feel like you can do it. And every point of trying to do something that I'm forcing, I kept failing at it. Mm. And so it just became a failed thing because I didn't want to disappoint other people. And it just got to the point where I was just like, yeah, no, I I have got to be in a position where I can start something on my own. So actually one of my clients back in New York, she actually pitched me the deal to actually Mm. start the company. There you go, And I ran with it. It wasn't necessarily something that she could hang on to. So I became the sole proprietor and I was just like, yeah, I'm excited about this. I'm about to take it full throttle. So I mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And it became the best decision that I did make. I mean, literally through a pandemic, everything that I've been through, it has formed and changed every single year. I feel like I keep peeling back the onion on, on a consistent basis. So it started out the reason why I named it Sweet Faith, because we were going after faith-based organizations, communities, and those types of industries. Mm-hmm. Sweet became this kind of like little pitch thing because I love sweets. I love a good cupcake. Oh my God. So I was like, also, <laughs> oh, but sweets, you know, mm-hmm. in hotels, they're they're small little apartments. Right. So right. it became sweet faith. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it technically started for the, like the first six to eight months. Mm-hmm. Then my clients from New York were like. Where are you at? Why? I don't care that you're in Texas. Can you still help me? And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I have a market that's asking for me to still help them. So I was like, Heck yeah. And I'm going to make probably triple than what I could make in Texas. Yes, I am. I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. So it also then became, How do I pitch this directly to a, a, a certain audience? So it became, Um, pitching it to executives of minority owned businesses. So I reached out to all of these people within, you know, fashion, technology um, into the short term market, banking, all of these different people that, of course, were minority, um, you know, executives. And so I started helping them Mm -hmm. and organically enough, within a year of the company being established, real estate developers saw my CV and they were just like, hey you know how to build short-term housing brands. We want to work with you, and we want you to build this part of our portfolio. And so that became another part of the position that I hold within my company. So it's just year over year. I have switched it up, flipped the game, tried to figure out how to set myself apart from just being a normal short-term company that does housing. It's mm-hmm. not just about that. I've, I've, I'm not interested in going to this like big conglomerate. I want to be a boutique where you know my name. You know I'm going to pick up on my cell phone. I'm going to help you and your family. I'm going to know your dog's name. And I'm going to figure out how to help your company make a crap load of money in the short-term housing industry. And so I've been doing that for the past three years. So it's been really exciting.
0: It's awesome. I, I mean, truly, that's yeah. it's a great story. And I, right. I love... I like the metamorphosis of of uh, you know just, just kind of like eyes open, seeing what's out there, and 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 then it's a it's a you know help. It's it's a, you're not only doing what's best for you, but you're also you know doing what's best for your clients, and oh, wow. and 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 for the community at, at large in which you you represent. And I think it's absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, good.
2: I mean, I love the the part I love the most is building the brands. Like I, I don't mind the ones off, and I'll always, of course, help, you know, these executives or whatever, but I mean, they're fine. I can always, you know, kind of refer them to, you know, French Quarter, Synergy, you know, Oakwood, I can always refer them and they're always going to be taken care of because they're coming through me. So I can always respect that because I have, you know, those relationships, with those people in my industry. So I'm, I'm truly grateful, but to be able to customize a brand within a company under my own company, that in itself just makes me really proud that finally at this point in my career i get to actually say i built something for someone else that they make a crap load of profit off of but you're doing it under the brand of nina taylor at the end of the day right so i'm helping you in a way that you never thought that you could build something in your portfolio so that part i enjoy you know helping you know training the team you know connecting you with the furniture companies how you're putting the design together how people are actually being represented through the marketing and advertising, all of that stuff. I never thought in a million years that I would be able to do and I get to do it under my company. So yeah, I am extremely excited about being an entrepreneur right now in my life.
0: That's awesome. I mean, do you think your focus is more, again, looking at everything, it's definitely more the corporate housing side. Are you also doing things on the the short term short stay stuff um, as well?
2: So I typically don't like to do things less than thirty days. One, it doesn't make me enough money, to be honest with you. So I always, I mean, hey, you got to follow the money at the end of the day. Um, So maybe you're going about
0: that wrong because there is a lot of money in that short stay too. So we could talk about that.
2: But here's the thing: operationally, it hurts me in the end because there's so much more work you put into the turn of it. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, so if you're keeping someone in a unit for three to six months, and most of my clients actually in Texas do typically stay for about six months because I never thought that I would get into the hospital the, the hotel in, um sorry, the hospital industry. But mm-hmm. because the traveling nurses and right. the registered nurses and all of them have come to Texas because of our, our market of COVID. Um, I've been working with them for the past year and a half and they one have the great salaries and typically their assignments are 90 days.
0: Right. So
2: for someone to be able to do that and you make it extremely perfect to customize it based off of their needs. Um, yeah, I, I, I typically, you, you really can forecast better when you put someone and and you market that, you know, you know, a sector better, I would say.
0: No, I, and I love that too because if you think about it, the it, obviously this is a great story. I mean, mostly of what you know, the short-term rental. We focus on the short states, like the week. Yeah. The, you know, um, as I said, not we, as in the vacation rental side of things, the short. Um, and and those people that we speak with, oh, there's no money in the long-term rental. Well there is, it's depending on what infrastructure you built behind everything exactly. to, you know, if you don't have the infrastructure built to do those turns, to do those quick, you know, obviously there's no money and you're going to lose money because you're putting all that, but if you have it built, so I, I love that there's two, you know, there's multiple directions where people can go and entrepreneurs can go and be successful and all have their place and all have a, and everyone has a role to make, to drive it. And I, I think it's great.
2: Well, yeah, because if you think about it, our, no matter what side of it that you're on, short-term housing is set up on a bell curve. I mean, we're coming up after September, October, we're coming up on slow season. It's just fact. There's no other way of how to design that. So if I want to, instead of putting, you know, 10 to 20 people in, you know, these next three months for the wintertime in units, that's going to take a lot more work a lot of people right now are not interested in you know in getting paid 12 dollars an hour to you know clean and and do those things because they're like nope I can do that online so it makes sense for you to be like wait a minute let me see if I can go to a market and in an industry that I can find someone that's going to be there for 6 weeks or you know 90 days or 6 months and then that way I know no matter what it might have been a little bit more of a negotiated rate so instead of getting 70 Well, typically for my real estate developers, I typically give them a close to about a 200% uh, turnover profit. So during the winter times, if you're close to probably 100, at the lowest, it's going to be probably 70%. So if I can at least guarantee that for them, they're good. So it's all about me knowing how to forecast what that budget is going to look like. So operationally, I like to keep it more 30 days plus.
0: Makes sense.
1: And yeah. she doesn't have the right assets to help her navigate through the STR space yet. Facts. So yes. because again, I mean, at the end of the day, it's profitability. If that's in and, and one of the things I want to point out too, though, like in, that both of you said, and I think it makes this interesting. And I I see where this is gonna continue to become, you know, this, this mixed stream of business. You know, we're gonna because what do we see over the past year? Stays got longer right? The industry adapted. And so we're seeing this melting and melding of corporate and and what I like to just start calling alternative accommodations and stop putting the timelines on it because we're seeing this, this varying scale in terms of the stay length,
2: yeah. right?
1: And so, you know, again, one of the things that I love about what Nina's model is, is it's value-based and her ability to kind of scale to the value of what these builders, developers and other people that we see are getting into the in the vacation rental short term side of the business in a more professionalized way. The more that becomes professionalized, the more they're open to it as additional revenue streams. And I think that is so that's what always excites me when I talk to you about like what you're doing in it is because you're you're continuing. These people are, are they understand your value. You get to bring that value to them as your business. And that value is continuously growing based on your ability to keep them abreast of things that if I would walk in there, they'd be like, oh, I was just a short-term rental or a vacation rental guy. But you with your experience and having the background of coming from a world that they're at least mildly familiar with is, is a testament to your success because it's hard to, again, it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks and it's hard to teach, you know, old business leaders. New innovations for their business that are going to actually get them to where they need to go. So kudos, it's it's incredibly hard, um, but I'm excited. You know that that you're leading the way, and I think this is even for the business in in broader terms. There's so much more room for expansion.
2: Oh, in this space, yeah. And
1: You know, we're looking at markets like you know even here in Atlanta where there's just an oversupply of uh, multifamily inventory that's just sitting. And Facts. again, you know, hey. Everyone's afraid of, you know, the 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 short-term rental horror stories, but you know, on the other side of that, it's like the iceberg, right? The horror stories are the little bit that's above the water, but the business that's under the water is the huge and most valuable and, and the strongest part of, of what and who we are, and getting them to understand that kind of concept. Yeah. I mean, I, I,
2: I think you right bring there. up two good points. So one, the undervalued of all of these infrastructures that people are building and Mm -hmm. how short-term housing should be implemented into them. And people just don't understand how to do it outside of an Airbnb model. Um, So a lot of education needs to go back into it. And then two, I think a lot of these real estate developers, the reason why they would seek out a person like me is because they don't understand how this model really works. So Mm -hmm. oftentimes I will have to get with their exec team And actually explain to them what they need to do because they're thinking, let's do an Airbnb model. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. just because you own these properties, well, what does your lender say? So like one lender I have in Texas, they are not interested in doing a short-term housing model at all. So to Mm -hmm. get around the loopholes of that, you know, lender's agreement, we then decided the minimum stay is 90 days. So who do Mm -hmm. I go market hospitals target all those registered nurses and stuff. So I'm not breaking any laws with them. We're not going to get sued and no harm, no file. So it works out. So you have to educate, I think on both ends. So Mm. they understand what model is going to work for what they're trying to create, because there always is a a way of creating something that is still going to make you money. So, and I know Mateo knows, but John, just to let you know, I own no inventory. (laughs) So all of this is overhead based off of someone else that I'm building for them. So that also it it also helps keep me safe um, so that I can also work with so many other teams and providers so that their infrastructure can grow within my company. So I also like that as well, too.
0: No, and that's that's a great way to go ahead and and it's a, it's a fantastic business model to go ahead and do. And the, and I, I love the fact that you know you're you're a consultive, it's a consultive approach. You're going, yes. and you're talking to these developers that don't really know what's going on, you know, you know, and to get around and to circumvent what what needs to happen is you know. Truly, I think normally it, it depends on the state and the region, but I think it's 30 days in most wow. circumstances. You're coming in at a 90 day because you're securing that three month lease or whatever you're calling it, and 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 that's fantastic, you know. Um, and it's and it's this, you know, a lot of these multifamily homes they got these these ordinances and these pre you know pre built in things that hey, you know, you can't do things that are less than 90 days. And, but, but some of them there aren't. And so, so, so it's, again, this hybrid model we're seeing in a lot of communities and a lot of different companies are being like, Okay, great. We're gonna. Our focus is gonna be ninety days or longer. We'll do the thirty days or longer. But on these, in these three developments that we work with, you know what? We're gonna go ahead because we've built this relationship with so and so. We've gone ahead and done this. We're gonna go ahead and try out. And I, don't, I hate using the Airbnb model. And if those are watching, see, I'm using air quotes. This Airbnb again is like Kleenex for facial, you know, for tissues. Exactly. Um, it's it's just yeah. it is it's a brand, you know, the short-term rental model, you know, the, the, the weak or less model can be done with the right infrastructure and it can be profitable. And again, back to Mateus, it's all about profitability and what risk you and you as a, as a company, as an entrepreneur are willing to take on. And the, the interesting fact is the the biggest difference is professionally managed. Is like, is this professionally managed? Then there is no risk. Is it just, you know, of course there's always a risk to yeah. just normal things. I don't want to let me re, retract that. You know there is always a risk. But there's a risk in long-term rentals as well. You know, but you the difference is professionally home. managed. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there there's going to be some contracts, some rules and regulations, some protocols, some certifications that are going to be already dealt with. So when you get there, no matter who you put in there, whether it's, a, you know, a CEO of a company or you're just putting someone there for the weekend, they feel comfortable enough to know that not only are their needs taken care of, but they've professionally been situated so that there are no hiccups that right. could go wrong if, say, it was a private owner who just is trying to rent it out and make money. Well, let's, so let's,
0: let's flip it to the other quality. side, too, and let's look at not just the the renter, or the company that's renting it, but let's look at the owner of the property uh, okay. or the development or the developers or whoever, whatever, you know, there needs to be a, you know, they need to feel comfortable in, in, in renting, however you're renting it out for them, that that is being taken care of in a, in a professional that's way.
2: Where the, that's where my training comes in. So right. when a developer reaches out to me and, and, and says that they want to take a percentage, because normal times um, when it comes to short term housing, you can only take 20 percent of a property. And well, at the max is 20 percent. And they say they want to flip it into short term housing. The first thing I start doing is seeing exactly where their t- uh, where their team understands the market and what they actually know about this industry. So going in and training them because they're going to think I have like, you know, four eyes and two and like 16 nipples. So I go in there and let them know that not only is this profitable, but let me show you how it's not going to you're not going to take on an extra job because, because right. of what I'm doing, because they still have to interact with my guests. And that's the one thing right. that is very different from, say, if you third party out your your apartments and, you know, let someone else furnish it and put it all together then they still have to go through that team. No. When I work with these developers, I'm sitting with the on-site leasing manager. I'm sitting with her team. I'm sitting with maintenance. We're going through checklists. We're actually going through the procedures. Who does what? Who gets certified? Mm -hmm. Everything is keyless because I can't stand keys. Yeah. Um, All of these proper protocols and procedures are being put in place beforehand. Right. The proof is in the pudding once I start showing them the forecast of the financials, right. because mm-hmm. they always will think that I'm like literally an alien until all of a sudden, six months later, they start getting their numbers in. They're just like, oh, damn, need knew what she was talking about.
1: Right. Oh.
0: Oh, she did have that shit covered.
2: (laughs) Right. And then they'll be like, I actually enjoy doing your units more than doing these long-term leases. They get on my nerves more than your guests. I'm like, yes, I know. I know. I know. But it's all about trying to figure out how to service that particular audience. I always tell people, find your niche. Mm -hmm. Don't be trying to be like, let me just post and whoever comes in, comes in. No, you really want to see who actually works well for what you're trying to build first. Mm -hmm. So that's where you have to really go in and dissect it a little bit better. So it works for both parties because I don't want to just build something and make money off of it because then I'm just part of the capitalist game. I actually want to serve a client and put a roof over your head, however nice and fancy it might be. In New York, it's probably around 10000 a month, but hey, it's a nice home. At the end of the day, I want to serve you to the best of your abilities but I also want to make sure my team is making money and you're being satisfied. So no matter whatever dollar amount that is, we're all happy right. at the end of the day.
1: Right. Absolutely. So, Nina, it, it's interesting, you know, and I don't, I don't want to dig into the model too much because I have a lot of actually other interesting questions I have for you. But how does that transition? Because I think one of the things that you you brought up that's super interesting is, you know, they're they're actually you're transforming and you're you're working with you know companies that are already in place and are set for traditional leasing models and coaching them into a new model that's not definite that's not necessarily in their wheelhouse, right? Like it's not right. necessarily what they're trained for. Um, how hands on is that? Like you know, how in depth is your training on in in terms of preparing their teams to be able to handle this? Because you know. I can imagine, and they're not even getting into like the shorter term stays, right? Like having to deal with, with that. Because I think that's part of the problem too, right? Is you know, it, it's not that they don't want to have these stays, they they, they don't know how to handle those stays, right. right? And it's a completely different management ask and a different management skill set, right? So, you know, how often and again, like how do you how do you handle that? Like, and do you yeah. get pushback and You know how do the teams on the ground feel about like you know what you're doing within that space? Because that's a whole that's a job in and of itself. They're like
2: literally, seriously, the leasing teams. They would just be like, "Oh my God, who is this chick?" And I and chick is a nice (laughs) word Um, when I come through that door because they're just like, "No, we don't need this. We're fine. You know, we're we're at ninety five percent. We don't need to be trying to figure out how to make more money. We're good. You know, you can keep it moving." Yeah, You know, especially, you know, down South Texas. I mean, New York, I feel is a little bit more open, of course, because that's just been the model for so long. Texas, how to include it outside of a third party and directly into your services is another thing. So, yes, there is a lot of smiles. There's a lot of wooing. There's a lot of free lunches. There is a lot of I'm going to need you to listen to me because I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you exactly how this is going to be a benefit to you. And again, it takes, it takes a few weeks of training for them to actually understand the model. Because again, when they think short term and temporary, they're thinking, oh my God, this is going to be turned into a hotel. We're going to get complaints. There's going to be parties. They're going to like, they're already thinking the worst.
0: And they're they're thinking Airbnb again. Again, that short term, like,
1: and very, very again,
0: let's put this out there for the Mm -hmm. audience. Like, Nina, when Nina says short term, she means one month, two months, three months, four months. When Uh we, as in the vacation rental side, say short term, we mean three, four days a week. Yeah. Like, so short term, depending on which, you know, and, and that's where the education needs to come in for everybody is that there's different definitions depending on if you're a corporate housing model if you're or you're a vacation rental model uh, to the same word That's, um, and like so I'm it's not interesting going to a
2: conference of people it's not going to be like these huge groups or anything like that it is going to be literally one client based off of one company their stay their stay alone in that stay now let's go to the next one right you get those pre-leased. Um, so, yes, I think that, yeah, when someone comes in and um, the real estate developers, because oftentimes they'll keep using that Airbnb word and that, you know, like the temporary turns and, you know, short term, it keeps scaring them, you know, because in property management, no, they're not interested in our industry at all. They want to do property management. They want, you know, someone there for a year, put everything together get their, you know, uh, you know, checklist done and they're done. With this, no, there is hospitality all over it. So the Mm -hmm. hospitality part is a huge piece. I would say it's about 80% of it. 20% is just the paperwork and getting people in. 80% of it is how you put it together in order to grow a brand. So I'm not interested in churning people in and out like cattle. I want to develop things within the brand that actually there are certain industries and certain companies that seek it because it's actually based off of their needs. So I, there, there's, a, there's tons of education that I have to teach on site. And then again, once people start months later, seeing exactly how much money I've made them and how easy it can be once it's set up. So, and also I'm extremely hands-on. So when I start a new uh, start, a new project at, you know, a development, I go to the site, I check everything out. I have those communications face to face and relationships because that's the type of person that I am. I'm just I'm, I'm a Southern belle. So I like to engage. I like to make sure because you know how people are on email and text and phone calls and stuff they'll they'll talk to you all kinds of ways you want you get up in their face and all of a sudden they're like oh hi how are you i don't know i
0: don't i can't really see you being like you know feisty and there's a lot of facetiousness in exactly what i just said so you know those are you know
2: i won't say that i'm feisty but i will say because i've gotten to a certain age I mean, I have a level of expectancy of exactly I know what I want and I know what I'm capable of and I know what people deserve because I've not only just been in the industry for 20 plus years, but I've also stayed in corporate housing for 20 plus years. So I know what that should look like on a hospitality level. So I I know that respect is earned. It is not Mm -hmm. just supposed to be supported just because you walked into the room. So I will Mm -hmm. earn your respect. But at the end of the day. If you mess with me, <laughs> you might, you know,
0: oh, blowback. Right? So, right. You know, oh shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, like that brings up a good point. And so, you know, I think we've established there is a. I, I think you're in a market that's only going to grow. I think it's going to change. I think, you know, it's interesting. We had a guest on last week, our, our, our good friend and, and kind of industry so Simon Lehman, who's been in the business for a long time as well. Um, and one of the things he mentioned was the lack of a solid brand within the SDR space, because, you know, what we see today is, you know, when I look at, when I think of the timeline of, the, of our industry, starting with, you know, the first person who rented a hut, you know, with wherever they were and the first short term rental ever, like we know that wasn't a house, but it was whatever accommodation was out there. And, you know, surfing. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. it's just probably a barter thing. Like, hey man, I'm going to hunt. You need a place to stay. I'm going to stay in my in my house <laughs> while, I, while I'm out hunting. Whatever, whatever the true beginning of our industry, you know, was, is changed vastly even within the past, you know, five ten to you know five to ten years, right? With yep. the technology that's in play and. Even the identity of the industry, right? John said it earlier, like Airbnb is marketed in and effect, effectively just hijacked the term. People don't say, oh, short term stays or short term accommodations. You're either doing vacation rentals, Airbnb style, which typically yes. refers to shorter term urban multifamily, right, if we're breaking into the semantics in which it's used today actively. Um, but isn't that the future? Like when, when that brand comes out, that is truly embraces all aspects of alternative accommodation that can do corporate, that can do vacation. That, and not hotels, don't get mad at me, and not hotels trying to play into a form shape that they think they need to, to fit, right, to, to become yeah. a certain mold. But whoever can actually make their own mold that's all encompassing and builds a legit brand around it. that that brand actually encompasses. And I think whoever does that first is going to set the tone because it's fragmented right now. Like there's so many different niches in the space and the niches are actually performing because the status quo is kind of stale, right? Like, and it's, you know, it's people know what it's doing. They know where it's going. You know, now what's the new changes? Well, travel patterns have changed, not just for leisure, but also for business. Right. And as Nina knows her business is booming. Why? Because, business travel has changed the dependency yeah. on hotels for business travel has changed right and so you know what's the industry going to do we're going to sit back and fight and say well you know that's urban or hey you know that's a different type of short term or are we going to come together and really embrace hey short-term hospitality is all of this right and whoever can service that well yeah is going to lead the pack because we go through this shit all the time and everyone's like, oh, well, what is this going to do? And, you know, we, we were talking about this earlier today, right? Value, all this money being thrown around. What's going to be the result? Like, what are we going to see from the money that's being thrown, these companies that are being funded? What is this going to, you know, when we're having this conversation a year or two later, five years later, we're looking back and like, damn, 2021, that was a lot of money. Even prior to that, money being thrown around. What is the result, yeah. right? Like, what are we going to be at? What are we going to say? Like, hey, this is, th- these are the major events that impact change within our industry.
2: fast And
1: and what is that going to be? I think it's super interesting. I, I I don't know, but I do know that you know the more these things continue to grow together, the more we're going to see these hybrids popping up. And I believe that that's where that new brand is going to come out of. And so I mean, I'm you know, like, it's
2: interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm 110% excited for those. Mm-hmm. I think that it is overdue and it is time and the pandemic has shown that we need this value piece. Um, Oftentimes I think people have just been hiding behind their desk because they're just afraid to actually expose themselves of what they could be capable of Mm -hmm. in this industry, especially as an entrepreneur, you don't get that opportunity. You have to expose yourself. And Mm -hmm. if you don't, it's going to be a short, very farewell lived for you. The great thing about being in this industry still now as an entrepreneur is that I get to be Nina in a complete totality way that I couldn't before. And that makes me feel good for the people that have been in my career since, you know, 10, 15 years ago to now, for them to still follow me, to still want me to work with them, to still create things for them um, in this market. That is so ever changing. I, I now have grown with them literally, and it has been truly a blessing to see what this is going to continue to create for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you learn and change your mindset off of how to build something and create it in a way that's actually going to serve others, you will always reap the benefits of that. So stop thinking about yourself focus on how you can serve a group of people or an audience of people, and then how you can maintain that so that it grows into the actual brand that it's supposed to be. I think that that is something that I'm extremely excited and looking forward to in our industry because like John mentioned, you know, doing these, you know, weekend stays or conference days, you know, for like a week or two or whatever, if that actually works for your model in that city that performs well based off of that model, um, I could see that in, you know, Scottsdale and Vegas and, you know, L.A., um, those things do work. And mm-hmm. in some parts of Texas, that also still works. Like Austin, San Antonio, Austin um, these, are, these are places where it's going to reap the benefits of that.
0: Right. But Having that flexibility.
2: Exactly. Yeah. But when you have the market where it's so hotel based, like a New York, um, like a Dallas, and you're looking at how people are building their corporate office infrastructure, of course, longer terms are going to make more sense. But right. also think about it. I never thought in a million years that Airbnb would actually put promotion towards seniors and baby boomers and Mm -hmm. now look at how they're you know growing and popping up you know services to them and marketing to them um because now they're becoming nomads they're not interested in just sitting at home and being empty nesters you know they're in rvs and they're on the road and you know they're doing things and they're just like i ain't dead i'm about to sit on
0: well they're the the boomers now that you know you gotta think about it everything's kind of changed
1: um even in quarantine, right? Like also they don't want to stay in their space. They, they can still move, exactly. like they want to go somewhere, but an Airbnb is pushing longer stays too. yeah. Like, to exactly. hosts and managers as a, Hey, you know, it's an additional revenue stream. So we're seeing that. Um, I want
0: to, I want to jump in here a little bit, Nina. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about CHPA a little bit, but I want to talk about this, like the corporate housing market to the hotel market, to the short-term rental as in our vacation rental market. The interesting thing when I so I used to work for this company Ascent that sold to both uh, vacation rental, um, all lodging basically, and so I, I've been to CHPA. My actually my last one was uh, Puerto Rico. Um, oh,
2: wow! Yeah,
0: were you at that one?
2: I wasn't. I went to the uh, the one in Austin. Two years oh
0: yeah, ago. no, I didn't. I, 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 no, Puerto. Yeah,
2: I heard Puerto Rico was.
0: Yeah. It was pretty nice. It was pretty nice, but <laughs> different story. Different I story. We had a very good
2: time. I'll just say that.
0: <laughs> um, but the interesting thing on the tech stack side of things, I'm looking at like vacation rentals has always been like a few years behind hotels. And then I, the interesting thing, kind of selling to both vacation rentals and to corporate housing and different companies I've worked for is that corporate housing seemed to be always a couple of years behind vacation rentals, which were a couple of years behind hotels um, in the tech stack world. And now we're kind of seeing that there's some, definitely some corporate housing companies that are like kind of tightening that up and they're bringing the tech stack to, to the business traveler. And, and it's pretty exciting to see. Um, Do you see overall on in the CHP, like, like, like we're, we're talking brands, but, uh, but also do you think, do you think like as a community, as in a corporate housing community that, that, that the, these companies and these these executives are looking to go ahead and, and adopt these these new you know keyless and you know really kind of adopt the tech stack that you know the hotels and everything are using to make everyone's life like where do you see that going?
2: So I can tell you that the big brands like the Synergies, the Furnished Quarters, um, you know, the Oakwoods, um, all of them, the big the big names, but also the other brands that have definitely reinvented themselves because um, their their startup teams are of course uh, tech backgrounds. So like the the blue grounds, the plum uh, plum guides, they have basically helped some of these old guys come into you know the 21st century and right. help them utilize and understand. I'm going to steal some of your clients, and I'm going to move into your market, and I'm going to take it over unless you do reinforce your tech system. And I know that at CHPA, actually, um, Synergy had hosted a couple of different events, and one of the main focuses was the tech piece. Um, They constantly talked about the different technologies they were trying to improve, how they were going to be growing in that sector. I thought that was fantastic. The one thing about my model always, since I started my company three years ago, was how the tech piece is going to be incorporated. Um, how extensive that's going to go, Um, the funding that you do put into that so that it is actually a weld oil machine that has to vitally continue to gain momentum and grow effortlessly, just like any other industry, the cars and everything else you see in homes and solar energy and all of that in order to maintain your business to where we're going and, and shifting has to evolve. You will have to see that, and it it just can't be keyless entry. It has to be how you use your phone and how everything is activated. It has to be how you be able to call someone and automatically get them on FaceTime. It has to be how you move and improve things. Your welcome packet that they're not going to read on the coffee table, you have to incorporate that into a 30-second video. You have to make sure that these are sectors of technology that people experience in a way that they feel like they can trust you. So it's not about evolving so that it looks good, but the trust and hospitality piece has to stick out. So that's what matters the most. I think who's ever extremely successful in that are going, you're going to really see them take off in the next few years for sure.
0: Right. And, 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 and circumventing that and bringing that in with the brand. And they have to. it's just, it, it makes so much sense. Great answer. So
1: Nina, um, clearly, I think your your professional acumen and, and, and knowledge of the space comes through. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your journey. Um, as for those who can't and aren't watching us live, uh, Nina is an African American woman. Um, you know, we, we're getting good with the you know being sure that we can identify people. So if we identify you wrong, let us know. We want to definitely make sure people are represented appropriately. But for those who aren't watching, you know, John and I frequently talk about diversity and inclusion in our space. You and I met on a panel uh, around diversity and inclusion. And, you know, a big thing for us is continuing this conversation, um, you know, driven by the actions um, that we do. And so, you know, one of the things I, you know, that I want to talk about too is, you know, John and I are always focused, hey, you know, we don't Having a, even on the show, like we're getting on ourselves like, hey, man, like we got to mix this up and make sure that we're really being representative. Like it's, it's a conscious action for us. Um, and we know that that's not normal for for the industry. And, and someone who spent 20 years in, in a facet of real estate, which is male dominated um, and in and, and not very diverse at, at, at the executive level. Talk to a little bit about your experience about that, and you know how's that journey been for you? And you know what advice do you have for others who may be listening and be inspired by your story to, you know, uh, you know, young women out there who who want to be you know CEOs and founders and and entrepreneurs? You know, wh- yeah. what can you share about your journey that number one would encourage them to to do it and, and go for it? And you know, what are the things that you would like to see as a leader? Uh, And and someone who is successful in this space, you know, kind of looking forward, if that makes sense.
2: You know, the great thing about that question, Mateo, is literally I feel like I'm at a complete 180. Mm -hmm. I started out, you know, this southern black woman not knowing exactly. I knew I wanted to be in the industry. I knew, you know, what I really wanted to do. I've always literally in fourth grade, I wrote on this purple and pinkle purple and pink heart. What I wanted to do, because they said, what do you want to do when you grow up? Which I hate that whole cliche (laughs) question. Um, uh, Michelle Obama talks about that that in becoming. I think that that was a fantastic way of explaining it because it's awful. You can be a whole bunch of different things. You don't have to be one thing. But I wrote in there, I want to find people homes and make them happy. This is always the industry I've always wanted to be in. I just never wanted to be a real estate agent or broker because people can be, whoa, whoa.
0: Did you put that in a Trapper Keeper? (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, I just, I, I just can't. Um, but I will say mm-hmm. starting out, um, 2001, um, that was glass ceiling central mm-hmm. and it wasn't based off of men. It was actually based off of women and particularly white women, Talk about not it. really yeah. wanting yeah. to see me grow and succeed, wanting me to stay in my place, do your job or you get fired. It's very simple. So not having the autonomy to be myself, thinking that, of course, my skin tone wasn't good, not good enough. Um, of course, hair perms never natural ever. But, mm. you know, 180. Um, so it wasn't necessarily the men in the industry that actually made me feel less than it was mostly the women.
0: Interesting. Um,
2: about the time I even got to New York, I also felt that. Um, The great, the interesting thing, John, however, about women, I'm I'm noticing in all different sectors is that we always are, we are are like fighting against each other all the time Mm -hmm. and for unnecessary BS. Because at the end of the day, if I can see, you know, my girl over here trying to grow and and thrive, well, that's going to help me and she's going to help, you know, keep that door open. So maybe I can get through that door and vice versa. So that was never the mindset. It was always competition, competition, competition. Stay in your lane. If I don't like what you're doing, I'm going to make sure I find a way to get you fired. Like, period. It was that ruthless as women in corporate America. I, I still see that in so many different industries. Um, and that, yeah. So I will yeah, say, we, I
0: mean, we can go on a whole, like we could go yeah. a whole other podcast yeah. on that. I like can do like, a whole you know,
2: rabbit hole conversation. Are we, about are it's that. just women's
0: lib, you know, what is, where are we going? But we won't, we won't go there. Let's continue with we your won't conversation. Go there. Next will, podcast. Next podcast.
2: Right. Right. Don't have me on. Cause I might go too Nina on you. No, but- that's good. That's what we want. That's
0: it's the no bullshit.
2: You right. You
1: drive, we're going to have you drive down to San Antonio and do a lot.
2: Okay. Of yeah. Now mm-hmm. y'all having me convinced. Okay. Let me, right. let me, mm-hmm. let me see what I can do in October. I'll keep you I'm posted. I'm
1: apply that pressure. Yep. <laughs> right. Two I'll, weeks. I'll
2: keep you posted. Keep you posted. So I will say as I continue, so that was in my twenties, mm-hmm. in my thirties, because as you know, once you get into your thirties, you kind of evolve a little bit more of, you know, who the hell I am. I've been in my game a little bit more about me trying to be, you know, the grown person that I am. hmm it took me some time to figure out exactly what I wanted because again, our education system is really set up to not really no. help you find who you are, but more based off of this is what you're going to do. It's very factory fomented. Yep. And I was getting that sense of, I can't compete of trying to be someone that I'm not. And it got really frustrating and I didn't know how to solve it other than I'm just going to keep making money. And it wasn't until I got to furnish quarters and again, having a boss like Craig Parton show me the ropes, but then also having a fantastic mentor for the first time in my career, Selena Rogers, Mm -hmm. another black woman saw me and said, you seem like you can be really good at what you do and I'm going to help you be successful. Mm -hmm. Having someone mentor you within corporate America is so huge because I had never had someone to be able to do that for me. And she kept me on my toes. And, you know, she looked like me. And I saw her success. And so she helped me envision what I could be. So to see where I was, you know, this dark-skinned black girl from the South, so very, you know, already, you know, sheltered by I can't get through the glass ceiling. It's not meant for me. I'm supposed to stay in my lane. To now working on multi-million dollar corporate accounts, having another black woman sit there and be like all like you are going to win Mm
1: -hmm, then
2: having a boss who wants to be my wingman to help me thrive Mm -hmm. it gave me the the boost and the self-esteem and the encouragement that i needed to know that i could do this and failing was my success Mm -hmm. i do tell people i'm a product of my failures not my successes i have failed tremendously It's what I do after I fail that makes me really proud to be Nina Lachey Taylor. I get really excited about that. I I want to
0: kind of jump in though and say, you know, yeah, you're a product of your failures, but I mean, uh, proof isn't, we're talking about pudding earlier. I mean, you're also proud product of, of your success now. Like you gotta, you have yeah. to also give yourself that. You can't just-
2: I do. I give myself credit. I love that. But you know what I don't actually like so much, John, is people always talking about their successes and never really describing what it was like before they got to it. Yeah. And I think that that would actually help people not just fan out about you, but respect you. Yeah, it's a journey. I, I,
0: like, how did you exactly. get there? Right? And that's why we're having this conversation today, you know?
2: Exactly. So I've evolved to the natural chick, to the braids chick, to the no makeup sometimes chick, to Mm -hmm. actually literally like completely divulging what corporate America or anyone else wanted me to be. Who is Nina Taylor? Mm -hmm. I get to introduce that to every new person I get to meet every single day. That's what lights me up and in an industry that I absolutely love. So I've evolved In a complete 180 to be able to actually sit here and talk to you guys about that. That's amazing for me. I I love that this gets to be a part of my day and not just sitting at a cubicle, answering phone calls, going through leads and, you know, really trying to figure out how to struggle through that life. No, I get to build my own life. But the thing about that is every single day I have to employ myself every single day. Right.
1: Yeah. and I, I think you bring a good point. Nina. You know, and one of the things that we love about people telling their stories is you get the full story, right? Like, you know, you get to understand that it wasn't just, hey, you know. Too often we see the mountaintop and don't see the journey to the top, and so yeah. people just they just they we we fetishize almost you know the the success without the real work that it that it takes to to get there. And we we work in these cultures that promote individualism and promote you know, success at all costs. And, you know, we're actively working to change these things, but those changes come through your dealing with those and, and failing and hitting a ceiling. And, but I think the point that that you really, and I really want to dig in because I don't want people to gloss over it, is it, it's, you know, two people too often focus on the failure, judge that and leave it there. Whereas the focus is, all right, the failure happens. It happens to all of us the resiliency and what happens after the failure is where that definition comes from and often which diverts you on that path to success or loops you back around for more failure, right?
2: Agreed. So, and, I, I and I think that,
1: and that is a huge message that I, I think I'm going to put an exclamation point on. And I'm glad yes. you said
2: that because,
1: yes. you know, we don't do a good job of doing that in, in, in broader society, in, in the stories that we tell, in the media we consume. And, you know, today it's only backed up by, you know, Instagram and and social media and all of these worlds where we live in, I call the snapshot world, where we're just looking at the snapshots and looking at the best parts. So, no, I I appreciate you saying that. And Yeah,
2: I want not just little black girls or young ladies trying to figure out their careers to look at me and think, oh, I can do that. But I want them to replace me. You know, mm-hmm. don't just be right. looking at yeah. me like, "Oh, yeah, that's the same." No, no, no. Look at me, study me, figure that out, and then figure out, okay, how am I about to take that, and that's a run with that when she sits her butt down and retire. Like, it's empowerment.
0: It's, it's it's
2: empowerment. It's
0: in really? it and it's in every every like it, like it's it's for the black woman. It's for the black male. It's for everybody on um, yes. every ethnic background. Every. It like truly everyone needs to have the same opportunities to go ahead and take them from where they are to where they their potential to see their potential. Yeah. And there's so many different things in our establishment in in the greater society that is um, the society that that keeps everyone down. And in every person from every background is going to run into that ceiling and be like, oh, shit. I'm yep. like, there's no, there's no way around this until you fail, until you figure it out, until you see your full potential. And I I absolutely love this story. I love the the empowerment to everybody. And it's uh, kudos you to, have
2: to you. Constantly re-educate yourself on a consistent basis because what you've learned is going to be completely different from what you have to grow into. Yeah. So the product of how you decide to take the realm of doing that. Not waiting for someone to tell you, not waiting for someone to actually do the education for you, because it will never work if you're waiting for Superman. You have to be your superwoman, your Superman, and you have to execute it. You have to do the work. There is no loopholes, no work around it, unless you're part of the 1.001%, then you, 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 you Which, get your John from Yellowstone, <laughs> you know, then, then you can work that out. But if you're not John from Yellowstone, no. You cannot yeah. be Casey. Sorry, unfortunately. Yeah, turn um, no, to Yellowstone no. if those are <laughs> watching it. Yeah. <laughs> but it has been a beautiful journey, I will say. And it continues to be an evolving a journey that right. now my nieces and nephews are looking up to me and wanting to be entrepreneurs based off of how they have seen me, you know, kind of flow through this journey. I, that's why I enjoy mentoring. That's why I always want to let people know their value and just make sure you're excited about doing what you do. It, yeah. that's so important whether whatever that looks like you know if it's making you thirty thousand dollars or if it's making three hundred thousand dollars whatever that is just be excited to wake up every morning and enjoy what you do you get one life you get one shot at this so make it good
0: have fun with it yeah
2: more
0: yeah. hey um we we've been talking a super long time and it's been absolutely wonderful. We can continue talking for a really long time. Um, but I want to And so truly this is an invite for the future. I want you back on. I know Mateo does too. Let's, let's, let's continue this conversation in six months from now and see what's changed seeing what's evolved. Um, see who we've, who you, who we've empowered. Um, maybe we can kind of bring some other people I think we have a great conversation here in the future. I do want to, formally invite you it's not too late it's right across the street i mean right down the road please come to verma um, I, I want to get mateo and i are doing a diversity and inc- inclusion continuing the discussion on the 5th at 1:30 so we have a an actual panel discussion at verma that uh, Teo and i are co-moderating with some amazing panelists um, additionally mateo is a co-chair of the dei subcommittee on vrma and um i'm also on the board on that on that uh that committee i'm not a chair um Mm -hmm. but he's they're putting on an amazing boot camp on the the first day that sunday um that whole afternoon we have a great speaker coming in um it's going to be really super educational there's three boot camps going on at that same time um the DEI is the one you want to be a part of. Nothing against the other two boot camps, but you know, c- come come to our boot camp. We're getting some great information um, and really empower you and your teams and your company to to get some great information. Um, Teo, anything else on our and and Nina as well? I want you to have some amazing uh, something amazing closing statement.
1: Well, I'll be lobbying for, for Nina to join what we're doing at, at VRMA. So, um, understanding, you know, again, this is, and this is not just for VRMA now, this is my lobbying is, is longer term. Cause I think, you know, we need your voice at the table, um, and more voices like yours at the table. Um, and so, you know, I will, uh, that, do my job, uh, as a, uh, as a recruiter and as a, uh, <laughs> and as someone that's, uh, that's, uh, that, that will be, you know getting the right people in, uh, to make sure that this, cause we have some large ideas, you know, and uh, just based off our conversations before, you know, I think we can actually really do some needle, needle moving things um, here. And so I'll, I'll engage you with that offline, but John uh, is correct. Sunday, October 3rd, um, from two to five uh, in San Antonio at VRMA, we are running a, uh, a DEI, a DEI workshop, uh, specifically for short-term rental business owners, operators, um, and it's going to be a fun and an interactive session uh, with a great moderator, Ms. Christina Williams, uh, who is the founder and CEO and Anti-Racism League for Unpacking, um, who is also in the space and currently building her own um, niche hospitality brand um, okay. called Baldwin and Simone. And so we, she will be running that, that session with us Uh, as well as the panel that John and I are doing at VRMA uh, and, you know, the outreach and other stuff that we're all doing at VRMA. So happy shout out to VRMA. Um, But yeah, I mean, we'd love to have you all. all, all,
2: I just uh, checked my calendar. I actually do not have anything planned for that weekend. So let me, let me work out. Let me
1: work it out. We'll talk about it offline, but no, but honestly, and what John said, you know, we, we do want to leave, you know, the, these last couple minutes for you to, you know, leave us with a statement or leave us with anything you want to, you want to say. And like I said, we'll definitely have you on, your friend of the show. Uh, we'll have you on again. Um, cause like we, we want to walk it like we talk it John and I are good, but you know, the more diverse voices we have here, um, that, you know, that diversity includes gender for sure, uh, as well as other things. And we want to make sure that that's represented. So, you know, definitely welcome back. And, uh, Take it away. Thanks for coming.
2: Thank you so much um, to both of you, Mateo and John. I definitely appreciate being on um, the nobius Short-Term Rental Podcast. Um, it's been a great hour. I appreciate the conversation. I always enjoy like-minded people who are open-minded and um, really enjoy this industry. So I, as you can tell, always get excited about having these conversations and really appreciate y'all having a platform where we can actually talk about it, you know, in a positive um, way that's not so generic. So definitely appreciate um, being here. And yes, um, I'm looking forward to sharing more of the projects that I have going on in the next few months. So yeah. Um, look forward to uh, more to tell and more to share and all of the things that I'm, I'm just trying to do to help support and grow this community. Um, always foremost before anything nina taylor she serves and she does it through providing a home so above all that's what i enjoy doing that's what i love so anyone out there interested in wanting to figure out how to actually do that i'm always open of helping and communicating that in any way that i possibly can so that people can thrive in their own right so thank you
0: awesome thanks so much nina until next time all right
2: thank you